Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners. This episode's going to be a big one. First of all, it's going to be another entry in the Encounters with Creep series, but also this episode marks the return of Madeleine Klein to this show. Talk a bit about where she's been when we get into it, but first let me introduce the episode. If you haven't heard the prior episodes in this series, I'll get you caught up. A long time ago, I asked nighttime listeners to share their stories of unpleasant experiences with people they consider to be creeps, and their responses have been pouring in continuously for over a year now, and I've been trying to stay on top of it. Tonight, I'm going to present the next batch. It's the 12th volume of the listener-contributed Encounters with Creeps. We're going to hear stories connected to bars, some stories that turned violent, and who knows, maybe we'll even uncover a secret that the Halifax Transit Authority has been trying to bury about its drivers. Let's not waste any time. Here comes another round of Encounters with Creeps. Ms. Madeleine Klein, this is our triumphant return. Uh, let me just ask, what have you been up to over the last three weeks? Uh, a lot. <laughs> a lot has been going on with me. Um, I I birthed a child. Okay. I, a whole new life. So that's been that's been going on. That happened, and I was there. Yeah, you were there for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a lot of sleep's um, been happening, though, right? We're hit and miss. We're really. Like I'm not sleeping eight to 10, 12 or eight to 10 hours consecutively anymore, which I do really miss. Mm. Um, But you know what? She's letting me sleep for like three, sometimes four hours consecutively. And at this Mm. point, that's really all I can ask for. Yeah, seriously. For people who are listening to this, uh, Madeline's baby is gorgeous. What a sweet, precious little thing. Happy and healthy. Uh, I don't think you could ask for more, could you? No, I know I'm biased, but I'm like, this is a good looking baby. (laughs) (laughs) What did my friend's aunt say? My friend sent a picture of her to her aunt and her aunt said, oh my God, she's so cute. I don't even have to lie. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. She doesn't look like a creep, all right? That's that no. would be our segue. She doesn't look like what you would say is like a creepy, a creepy baby. I would use a lot of words. That's not one of them. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, on behalf of everyone listening and myself, I've told you a million times, congratulations. Motherhood looks great on you and uh, Thank so you. happy for you. Thank you. But let's get into it. Let's change gears big time. Birth I'm, of baby into- I'm super pumped to be back, so. And what a great way to welcome you back, but with our 12th volume of encounters with creeps in this one oh man the creepy guns are loaded we're coming in swinging with your return i promise new year better creeps absolutely we're leveling up but let's start with the type of creep we don't want to receive creep stories about so on a scale of zero being friendly person 10 being like um prolific pedophile we like our creeps as far as the voice memos we get around a five i think that's like our healthy safe spot we have the creepy story and we can kind of joke about it right i was gonna say if there can be an element of humor in it those are the ones i like okay we like being in there yeah yeah because if you can't that's borderlining on like predator yes um I'd say predators like around a six or seven out of 10 is where we get into the predator stage. Uh, But let's start off strong. I'm going to come in with a solid 10. This is not a listener contributed story. This is a story I heard on the news that I have to share with you. Uh, I'm sure I'm surprised that this didn't get more attention in the Canadian news. It's the story of 36 year old Anthony Holtorf who was recently arrested in uh, Clearview Township, Ontario, which is um, just to the west of Barrie. He was arrested and convicted in relation to an attempted abduction of a minor at a a park. Uh, The case has just made its way through the courts, although the sentencing hasn't happened yet. But as it went through the courts, the details of the case came out, and it is absolutely horrific. A 10 out of 10 on horrific creep. Listen to this. This is Anthony Holtorf, a now convicted pedophile found guilty in a Barry courtroom of trying to abduct 12-year-old girls at a park in Angus four years ago. Very horrifying. I, 
it hit so close to home that it actually was scary and I don't let my kids back at the park. A woman who witnessed Holtorf that day, whose identity is protected by a publication ban telling CTV News, Holtorf is a monster who preyed on children and deserves to be removed from society. He had no shame when I was across the street. He blatantly just sat in his vehicle and continued to try and pursue the girls as I stood there talking to 911. Holtorf, who is 36 and lives in Clearview Township, was also found guilty of two counts of criminal harassment. When the court heard in March of 2019, while at Greenwood McCann Park, Holtorf asked a 12-year-old girl if she wanted to play the taste test game with him and offered her money and sweets to do so, trying repeatedly to entice the girl to leave her friends and get into his car. Just going to stop for a sec here. So it's already very creepy, right? This guy, he's in, looks like one of those kind of souped up cars with a spoiler, parked outside a park, trying to get a girl, like 12, 13 year old girls to get in his car in exchange for money and candy. Doesn't get a lot worse than that, right? That's like textbook creep. The, the only thing that's missing is the windowless van. Okay, this is like, way, what, what you're about to hear as the story unfolds is way worse than a windowless van. Listen to oh what he's actually up to. After the concerned mother heard from the girls what had happened at the park, the mother made her way over and saw Holtorf speaking with three other young girls when she immediately called 911. Investigators the court heard found a backpack in Holtorf's car which had a neck collar attached to a metal chain, a metal whip, pre-knotted ropes, four sets of Velcro restraints, and condoms got a bit worse that you're right that didn't that didn't get a bit worse got a lot worse that got astronomically worse okay. do you think it's possible that it gets even more astronomically worse than it is now well, i wish it didn't but i think it does it does here we go police testified holtorf had been using a vibrator still attached to his genitals and was controlling the device with a remote along with candy holtorf was found to have a mask and a black sock in his car the Barry judge saying it was clear Mr. Holtorf had overwhelmingly progressed beyond mere planning and had taken concrete steps to commit the offense of abduction. Holtorf was acquitted of similar charges last year when the judge found there wasn't enough evidence to prove he was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. He should have way more time behind bars before he reoffends and tries to hurt somebody else's child. Just as he has been since his arrest, Holtorf remains out on bail and makes his next appearance in court in December to set a date for sentencing. I could almost hear you roll your eyes when you hear that he's out on bail. I think I saw my brain. I rolled my eyes so hard. God. Of course he is. The story's nuts. Like, so he is out, he's in a souped up crappy sports car with a spoiler outside a park trying to get kids in his car, uh, offering candy and money. He has like basically like whips and chains and condoms in a bag while wearing a vibrator that he's controlling with a remote control. That seems like you should not get bail. I was going to say, like, what was bail and how did anyone afford it? Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's insane. Mm, and not only is he picking up minors, by the sounds of it, the first minors he tried to pick Luring up, them. yeah, the first ones he tried to pick up went and told their mom their mom came when he's in the act of trying to pick up a different group and she's on the phone with 911 and he's still not scared off like he's so that's so unhinged yeah this is a he, he's lucky that that mom was so level-headed because i have a feeling that my mom would have scrapped 911 altogether and just resorted to yes yeah, someone else would have been calling 911 <laughs> that's correct he would have been in the back of the ambulance yeah exactly. like, <laughs> um yeah I don't want to talk about him anymore, but that just played out in Barrie, Ontario. These things happen more often than we would think. You know, this mm -hmm. there are creeps out there. And tonight, thanks to the listeners of the Nighttime Podcast and their seemingly endless amount of encounters with them, we're going to get to explore some creep encounters that aren't this bad. A lot of these are going to be ones we're able to laugh at. We have a selection. Oh, good. We have a selection of creep encounters that take place in a bar. In bars, Always. I should say, because I, I kind of break them into sections. We have creep encounters set in bars, and then we have a collection of what I'm just going to call random encounters, which are nighttime listeners minding their own business when a creep stumbles into their life. Um, but I know you used to work at a bar, so I, I, I'm too excited. I want to jump right into the bar stories. Let's do it. I used to work at a bar. I used to frequent bars a lot. Uh, 
Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in bars. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've ever been in a bar in New York, but our listener no. Nick has. And Nick has had found himself looking face to face with a creep encounter uh, thanks to his random fling in New York. I'm so curious. This is weird. Here we go. Hi, Jordan. My name is Nick. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Enjoy your show. I wanted to offer a story to your creep series. About 15 years ago, this happened. Uh, I met a girl at a party. We ended up going back to her place and hooking up. The next day, I found her on Facebook and I realized that she had a boyfriend. Um, so after that, I decided I wasn't going to contact her anymore. Good for him. A few, uh, maybe a month later, I went to a, a club. There was a Smith versus Cure dance party. And so I was hanging out with my friends and I saw her there. Uh, I didn't really approach her. I just went about my night. And later on, I saw my ex-girlfriend at the same club. She was dancing with her new boyfriend. I was a little jealous, uh, and I wanted to make her jealous. So I decided I'd go up to this girl that I had previously hooked up with. Uh, and so we started chatting and drinking and dancing. And at some point, she rec uh, suggested that we go back to her car to smoke. Uh, so I went back to her car with her, against my better judgment, and we smoked a joint. She had like a kind of a big van, like a Scooby-Doo van almost. <laughs> anyway, I was in the front seat with her. She was in the driver's seat. I was in the passenger seat. And we were just passing back the joint back and forth. And uh, we ended up making out at some point. And while that was happening, I saw some movement in the very back of the car. And it startled me, and I kind of jumped back and looked, and there was a man back there, and I freaked out. She very quickly tried to calm me down, it's okay, it's okay, calm down, uh, and she told me that the guy in the back seat was her boyfriend, um, and that he liked to watch her with other men. So I quickly got out of there uh, and left, and never spoke to her again. Um, I'm not trying to kink shame anyone. I, if that's your thing, that's fine. It was just that they didn't tell me this was happening or they just kind of sprung it on me. And it really shocked me seeing a, you know, a figure in the back of a dark van at night is scary. <laughs> so that's my story. Uh, love the show. Keep up the good work. Yeah. We, we've, we talked about this a lot of times. These creep encounters often kind of rub up against a kink. And it seems like, well, we're cool with kinks, but you need to let the other person know, if not- With everything else in life, it's all about consent, right? So this begs the mm -hmm. question, was the boyfriend like in the closet when they hooked up the first time? Oh, I wonder. Oh my God. That might be one of my favorite creep stories. <laughs> that poor guy. <laughs> he met the girl, they hooked up once, it, and the boyfriend was probably in the closet peeking out, watching them. No question about um, Nick finds out she had a boyfriend. She, he's done with her. A while later, he's at this bar and she just happens to be there. They didn't plan to meet there, which makes me think, does the does she go into the bar and the boyfriend just waits in the car for her to bring someone out? Oh my God. To... Yes. That's because he's sitting well, in the car that's what waiting happened last time is they just like randomly met at this bar. Oh my God. Wow. Isn't that a wild kink? I like there's just. There's kinks I don't understand, and that's one of them. Is it? Are they doing anything illegal? Like if you, I don't know, I, I don't know if they'd be breaking because like it's a definitely lot. illegal to film someone without their knowledge, and like even if you mm. don't post it anywhere, I'm pretty sure that's just illegal. I wonder. Mm, it's huh. definitely freaky. Um, I think Ooh. if, but then again, it would also be free, like a, a pretty creepy if she had to pick someone up at a bar and explain to them like if it, you know the consent's required but if she had to explain it to them i think it'd be a tough sell but then again at a bar i think a lot of people would be like yeah this, whatever this is fine yeah i don't know for some people <laughs> it would definitely be a tough sell but for others yeah they'd be like um well i'm not looking to date you so that's fine <laughs> yeah uh what an odd fetish kink like the boyfriend enjoys watching her do this with other people. She would also have to enjoy 
kind of the voyeuristic part of it as well. Like it, it, they have an odd relationship. These two, I want to get them on the show. I've, I've heard of this before, but it's just, it's baffling to me. Maybe I'm the jealous. I'm also type, thinking but... like, <laughs> maybe. It's, it's also like a little unfair that they got him stoned first. Yeah. Reaction time. Not like, not... Poor, like poor Nick just here, like, what is happening? Well, he's probably drinking too. What was in that? <laughs> yeah. He had a weird walk back to the bar. And probably didn't sleep well that no. night. Actually, it probably didn't hit him till the next morning. Like, what was that all the about? The poor guy's probably haven't. The poor guy probably hasn't gone home with someone since. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, he gets to like some random girl's house, searching her closet, Checks looking the under, closet the bed. under the bed. <laughs> God. Um, oh. But you know what? Good, good on him for looking her up on Facebook and then leaving her alone when yeah. he found out she has a boyfriend. That's did everything, uh, did everything not a lot right. of. Not a lot of people would do that. Not a lot would care. So, yeah. He's done everything right. Side note. Uh, Let's hear another story of a young woman working at a bar, much like you did. She's in Halifax. She's doing everything right. And it just seems like a shower of creeps are falling down on her. Uh, Well, this story I'm going to call... Being young and attractive sounds awful. Hi guys, huge fan of the show. Um, I have a submission for your encounters with creeps. I always think about this whenever I hear the show play um, these creepy episodes. So here it is. Um, I was working at a very popular bar in Halifax when I was 20, early 20s. I'm now in my late 30s, so it was quite a while ago. Um, I was living on the Bedford Highway, like pretty close to town. It was only maybe a 15-minute um, bus ride into town. Um, we were under um, instruction uh, to wear certain clothes and dress a certain way. Um, I had worn kind of more conservative stuff and got in trouble. So, you know, you're wearing, I don't know, sexy clothes, I guess, and you've got your makeup and your hair done. And if you were not, sometimes you would be sent home to change. So I'm waiting at a bus stop on the Bedford Highway dressed like this. And a car, a tricked out kind of like old white Buick kind of drives by slowly. And then it turns around and drives back. And the guy's staring at me. And I just kind of mind my business and turn away. It drives by a couple of, a couple of times. And the bus is a little bit late. And next thing I know, there's a man walking towards me and I see that he has parked that white car. And like, it's a kind of, you would notice that car, like it it looked kind of ridiculous, like, like a pimp car. And this guy comes up to me and starts striking up a conversation. And of course, like so many young women, you don't want to be rude. And this man is clearly a shady individual and he starts making comments about being clean cut and looking really good and where are you going dressed like that and you know I end up telling him I'm like oh I'm a bartender yeah I'm just going to work told him where I worked and you know looking back I'm like what the heck was wrong with me why did I tell this man where I worked Um, and I was extremely uncomfortable. Like I felt like I was shaking. Like this man was clearly, um, I felt like he was a pimp and you know, he was out scouting for girls to recruit or something. Um, I was very uncomfortable and he just kept making inappropriate comments. So anyway, the bus comes and I was never so relieved in my life to see a bus pull up. So I, and it wasn't very full at the time. And I run up the steps of the bus and I sit in the like seat close to the front and it was a a man um, driving the bus. I can't quite recall, like he was probably somewhere in his 30s at the time and me being, I'm going to say I was 20. It was quite a long time ago. Anyway, so I I tell him, I'm like, oh my God, thank God you picked me up. That man terrified me. Um, I'm on my way to work and... Like, that's why I'm dressed like this. And, you know, I I just blurted everything out that happened. And um, I was shaking as well. And, you know, he was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, he was seemed very sympathetic. And 
he was like, okay, like, and I remember getting off, I worked on Argyle Street and I was getting off on Spring Garden Road and he was like, okay, like, where do you work? Like, how far do you have to go? And I was like, oh, I just work right down there. I could see my, my work. Um, it was very busy. And I, I pointed it out and I was like, yeah, I'm just going there. I'll be okay to make it. And he was like, all right, all right, okay, that's good. I'm, I'm glad I was able to be, like, you know, like, he was a nice guy, it seemed like. So anyway, I go in and I'm working on the rooftop and it's very busy and someone comes up from the staff to um, to get me and they're like, there's a man downstairs, sounds like he's asking for you. And I said, what? And I go down and it's that pimp man sitting at the bar. And I just kind of looked, I remember I just froze when I saw him and I was like, oh my God. And he like raised a cup and winked at me. And I had, you know, said this guy followed me to work to the bartender and, you know, I feel very uncomfortable and, you know, no action was taken. They're like, oh, he's drinking expensive drinks. He's not bothering anyone at the end of your shift. We'll make sure everything's fine. So I couldn't believe that. Anyway, I go back up and I'm working my shift again. It's very busy. And the same server comes up a couple hours later and she comes up to me and says, um, there's another man downstairs asking for you. And I was like, what? And she said, yeah, he said to tell you he's a bus driver. Oh my God. And I, I could not believe it. I, and I went downstairs because I was in shock. I didn't know what else to do. And he was trying to convince me to go out for drinks with him after my shift. So not only was the pimp guy at the bar still, now he was also at the bar. And I just, at this point, I was overwhelmed. I was like, no, no. And I just went right back upstairs and ignored him and went to work. And he never showed up again. Um, but <laughs> he wanted me to go for drinks with the other bar, with the other bus drivers and him. Like, <laughs> what? anyway, but that pimp guy... Uh, continued to be a regular at the bar for the rest of the summer. So I had to see him every day and deal with him being there because he was spending good money and tipped well. So I had to live with him for a while. That poor woman. <laughs> oh, what a night, eh? It had to have been a full moon. <laughs> yeah, the, the bar stuff. Like, actually, every woman, female, kid, every person should have mace in their pocket because these people, like what are the chances that you encounter two of them that show up at your work. And like, I want to believe in my heart that the bus driver like had the, had really good intentions, like asking her out for drinks, like with his bus driver buddies. I don't but know. That is creepy. A bunch of bus drivers. True. But like <laughs> considering how they had met and she was like clearly rattled and like told him what just happened, maybe he should have gauged that situation a little different. Yeah. Like, it'd be a sensitive time to try to get her to come out drinking with all the bus drivers and I tonight. And like, if you, you know, if you were really taken with her, pick a different night and like, just kind of act like act as a patron. Be like, oh yeah, I forgot that you work here. Weird that you work here. I forgot. Oh, I completely forgot. Such a I was coincidence. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like, I was hardly oh, listening to you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that poor it's, girl. Just the worst shift on earth. And then the one the guy worst? sticking around for the summer. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> With his Lincoln Continental parked outside. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, the idea that they had they allowed him to stick around because he tipped well, even if he was a creep. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that would happen? Yeah. That's, uh, it's so, money talks, I guess. And mm. like, even sometimes I look back and I'm like, the things that I let slide because I, I knew this person tipped well, or I was whatever. I was like, oh, how degrading. <laughs> okay. Well, like, a, like an onion of creepiness, we're going to peel off another layer here. And I think by just putting the call out for listeners to go to nighttimepodcast.com and send us their creep stories through the voicemail, the voice message app built into nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. I think we may have accidentally stumbled upon maybe a bigger creep kind of situation just by pure coincidence in going through the stories. We just heard that, which tells the story of the maybe pimp and the unrelated bus driver. The next story I'm going to share, uh, it's shocking how similar it is. It just works out that we have another story about a bus driver in Halifax 
that is kind of working the same route as the prior story. Uh, let's listen to Lisa's story. Hi, Jordan. Here is my story of an encounter with a creep. Um, I know I heard you, one of your stories where there was something, something to do with a bus um, being harassed on a bus or something like that. Well, my story is a little different because I was, Mike the Creep was the bus driver. Um, I lived in Eastern Passage at the time and I used to, you know, um, I was taking a class over in Halifax. And so I get on the bus every day and this bus driver used to flirt with me in front of everybody. Now this was like probably early nineties, I think 90, probably 93. Um, but this one day he actually stopped the bus and, you know, pulled over, stopped the bus, came down and sat right next to me. And this is what everybody's looking at me and asked me like, you know, if I wanted to go on a date or, you know, and he was saying it out loud in front of everybody and telling me how, you know, how attractive I am and all that other stuff. But anyway, he's, I didn't say anything. I just kind of sat there you know, embarrassed to death, but then he got, you know, got up and started riding, driving the bus. And when I got off, he, you know, winked at me and everything like that. But, and then I didn't, I didn't see him anymore, but like a couple of years later, I was living in Sat lower Sackville and I got a call, a call about this, um, a call from a lawyer about this bus driver. They wanted me to come to, um, like a hearing or be like a witness. Um, to go on the stand because um, I had called and reported him when he did that to me, but nothing came out of it. But, but I guess they, I said, how did you find me? Because at the time I just moved and I, I, my, my, I, I moved in with my boyfriend who became my husband, but um, you know, we just moved in together. The phone was in his name, everything. I don't know how they found me, but they said they, they hired a private investigator to find me for this, for this um, hearing. I went to it and I don't know what I went, I don't know what became, what became of it, but I said my, I, I got up and I said my thing, what we did and, and uh, not all I was looking for, I was looking for a free, a few bus passes, <laughs> free bus passes, you know, it would have been nice to, uh, to get, get, at least get an apology, but it was just funny that they, you know, had to hire a private investigator to find me and, and, uh, I went in and yeah, anyway, he was the creep. It was the bus driver, not just some somebody sitting by me on the bus. It was actually the bus driver. Anyway, love your show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Isn't that shocking? So what did he do to end up that she was like subpoenaed to appear in court? That's what I wonder, because the way she describes it, when I'm putting it all together in my head, she has a weird encounter with him like years earlier uh, th that we heard, he pulls the bus over allegedly and goes down and flirts there and asks her out and all this stuff. Um, and then, which is bizarre, all in itself. Yeah, and, and she files a complaint with the bus commission or whatever. And, and as she said in the message there, she was kind of hoping maybe they give her some free bus passes or something. Is like what she thought was going to come out of it. I bet you they, someone within the the bus company, must have filed this report like on his file or something. Nothing happened with it until years later, a private, uh, there must be a complaint or something against this guy. And they probably get, I'm, I'm imagining they get his file and see this complaint from years prior. And they're like, this is going to do, you know, this is going to help our case. We need to find this woman and they want to get this person to testify. Maybe all they have is her name and can't find her. So they hire a private investigator who tracks her down. Which leads me to believe that something he he did something serious because you don't just hire a private investigator because of another complaint. Mm -hmm. And but I also think you don't show up at a random person's work asking them to come drinking with you if you're That's not true. a nut. So like I, I think these two caller <laughs> these two stories I think it's the same guy. It's got to be, or at least in the same drinking group as as he, she, the first guy yeah. invited the first woman to. <laughs> is there like some weird group within like among the bus drivers which you know in putting this together i was thinking like if a group of bus drivers were working together to do bad things to people you know be kind of effective oh yeah well there's there you know power in numbers i guess but uh, it's yeah cre it's creepy it's the, cre the story itself of him coming down and hitting with on her and stuff that's creepy as it is, but just in the context of having those two stories side by side, um, it, in and the it same area up. and yeah. everything. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I guess that, um, those stories, uh, involving the bus driver, they, they went from a bar 
but kind of involved random encounters. So that's going to be our segue to the next little chunk involving random encounters with creeps. Let's start with Cat's Flamingo Man on the Beach. That's what I'm going to call this one. Oh, this go. is going to be good. Hey, Jordan Madeline. I've been listening to the Nighttime Podcast since its inception, and this is the first time I'm calling. I'm just calling about your creeps. I've had a lot of experience with a lot of creeps over the years, um, but this story I want to tell you about takes the cake. So I grew up on the Amber Shore of Nova Scotia. One year, around 1992, when I was 11 years old, we had a new neighbor, a man about in his late 30s, early 40s. He was renting the whole cottage to himself, about two cottages down from ours. We got a big kick out of him at first. Every day at the crack of dawn, when the tide was out, he would walk on the sandbars until he reached the water between each one. There he would stand wearing an Australian type hat and stare at the ground for hours until the tide came in. If that wasn't eccentric and strange enough, he would slowly raise his leg up and put his foot on his other leg. He stood statue-like, just like a flamingo. It was all shits and giggles until my friend and I ran into him while walking along the beach. As previously mentioned, I was 11 and my friend was about 10. He creeped up on us from behind. Slowly smiling, he asked if he could draw us in the sand. Naively, we said, sure. He seemed nice enough, so we obliged. Flamingo Man slowly drew the shadows of our bodies in the sand, complete with large breasts and vulvas to boot. He looked up at us, and his voice hardened. He said, you know what they do to women like you, where I'm from? Well, we call them witches, and we burn them alive at the stake. As he said this last statement, he jabbed his driftwood, walking drawing stick, into the sand. I don't remember what was said after that, but I remember the feeling of dread. If that wasn't bad enough, he began to hide in the bushes along the bank and stare at our cottages. I remember the feeling of him watching while I was home alone. I had to shut all the curtains and lock the doors, and I called my parents. Then he began stalking my friend's mother. He had a camera that he would take photos of her with. The RCMP were notified, but because it was the early 90s, and because it's the RCMP, Nothing happened. The next summer, when the original owners came back, they told my parents that if they had known about him, they would have never have rented their cottage to him. It turns out Flamingo Man was a registered child sex offender from Ontario. If he ever showed up again now, I would probably show him what witches can do to men like him. (laughs) Oh Uh, my god. I was going to say before the end, I was going to say, like, if she ever could have found out this guy's name, he's probably will be like a, a serial killer. Yeah, you Google him and you're going to find something. So because normal people don't say things like that and do things like that. No, this and tell me if you get the same idea of what happened is he drew like she said he drew their shadows. Like, I wonder if they were standing there and he kind of traced over their shadows into the sand, but then added like, you know, big breasts and stuff to the while drawing the 11 year old in the sand like that's that's really the part that that got me that is very like as if as if everything else wasn't creepy enough that's just unhinged sociopathic behavior yeah and kind of psychotic like like, where i come from we burn witches like you at the stake and then he sticks his stick down into the sand like a sword meanwhile he was just from ontario (laughs) i would run out of there yeah where we come from (laughs) we come Uh, from the same place (laughs) but yeah oh that's just that that one's scary that is scary those poor little girls her storytelling, Kat's storytelling was good because it's kind of cinematic. I could picture that in my head as yeah. she went through it. Well, because at first it's just, he just kind of weird and quirky, right? Yeah, but standing then, like a flamingo. Right. It, the way she described it, like lifting one foot and putting it on the other leg. So he was kind of just like propping himself up on one foot, standing on the beach. It could, could be like a weird Ontarian yoga thing. Who knows? That's what I was thinking. But yeah. But yeah. When he started saying and doing the, that weird stuff, I could just imagine those like those little girls, just that feeling of dread that comes over you. You're like, oh, God, 
Mm. Oh, that's that's no, thank you. Oh, well, let's go to another random encounter with a creep. This uh, I will call Kim's old hag of a butt slapping creep at the grocery store. Oh, these are all so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jordan and Madeline. Uh, My name is Kimberly, and I'm a very big fan of the show. And I also wanted to submit my creep story. Um, So unfortunately, I have way too many, and I'm only 22 years old. And my first encounter with a creep was with a woman. And and I don't even want to call her a woman, more like an old hag. And this was when I was about six or seven years old. And it happened at the supermarket when I was with my mom. So my mom went to go pick out some fruit and she told me to pick out some limes. And while I was reaching over, this woman comes behind me and she slaps me so hard right on the butt. And when I mean hard, I mean it echoed. That's how hard she hit me. And I turned around and I screamed and I was so scared. And she just looked at me confused and my mom who is the super tiny little lady maybe 411 5 feet on a really good day came around the corner charging at her like a bull and she started screaming what the hell are you doing how dare you hit my daughter and this poor old man who was bagging who was packing the uh, vegetables on the other side had to come in and like pry my mom off of her and my mom just kept yelling and this woman said oh i'm sorry i thought this was my friend's daughter like first of all why would you ever hit your friend's child and second of all why on the butt what is wrong with you and my mom kept trying to reach over her to hit her and finally she calmed down and she kept like mumbling under her breath until this day, my mom recalls that story, and I could feel, I can see the rage just fill in her eyes. God, <laughs> what? Well, Good, completely justified. They should have let her. Like if I were that guy begging vegetables on the other side, my reaction time would have been glacial. I would have been like, "Oh no, stop! Please, no!" <laughs> like, oh my god! First and foremost, that's sexual assault. Absolutely. Second. Even if you have that relationship, that kind of relationship with your friend's daughter, you better make 110% sure that the person you're about to assault is who you think it is. A six-year-old girl leaning over to pick up limes and you smack her in the butt so hard that it echoes throughout the store. I, and I love, I just love the image of her four foot 11 mom just jumping on her. <laughs> Oh, oh god wow well yeah like i said mom was warranted and she should have been able to she should have been had at least 60 seconds with her i just at wish least. it was filmed i wish the six-year-old cat uh six-year-old kim had a camera because i would oh, love to watch god. that just cheer <laughs> <laughs> oh man that uh oh that's something and yeah that's that is a that is an old hag mm-hmm. certainly Let's go to your hometown. The next story is a random encounter with an overly aggressive cat caller in Regina. And it also includes a correction to my pronunciation uh, that I'm excited to get your take on. Because if this is true, you should have called me out on it before. Listen to this. Hi, Madeline and Jordan. Uh, The story is for encounters with creeps. My name is Angela and I also live in Regina. Shout out to Madeline, who also has to live in this <laughs> city. Um, Jordan, uh, just wanted to say, I, you know, I love the podcast. I, I really just need to correct you on the way that you are pronouncing Saskatchewan. Um, so the proper way to pronounce it is like it's spelled with I's instead of A's. So it's Saskatchewan, not Saskatchewan. I, I said, let me just say it as if no one corrected me. Saskatchewan. Tomato, tomato. That's okay. What do you say? You say it. Which province S- are you from? Saskatchewan. Oh, I do say it with the I. Okay. I think. All right. You're, you're saying it how it's phonetically spelled. Yeah. That's the problem. Uh, but Saskatchewan. No, that's, that's not something I would have ever corrected you okay. for. No. Well, I appreciate the correction because I don't okay. know. Saskatchewan. Yeah. I'm from a small fishing community in. <laughs> Nova Scotia, give me a break. We, I, Saskatchewan, I couldn't point to it on a map. Let's be honest. 
Oh, easy to draw, hard to spell. That's uh, that's our that's our little slogan. Here we go. Anyways, I just had to say that. So uh, this story, um, so this happened, I think about twenty years ago when I was in university, and so uh, at the time I was living at home with my parents as I was going to school, and at the time I was an avid runner, and you know I would run no matter what the weather was. where the temperature was, and um, I would always go on the same route. So uh, the route I would go on was all residential. Um, and my parents lived, you know, in a decent end of the city, in the south end, uh, and I would always take the same route. So the one day I was out running, and I hit about the halfway mark of my run, halfway point, and it clouded over and just started pouring like crazy. And so really, I mean, I had no other option than to keep running because I was already at the halfway point. So I was running in the rain, pouring rain. And this car uh, drove up beside me and was kind of driving beside me as I was running um, and then kind of stopped. And I, I had assumed this person was probably going to say to me, do you need a ride? It's pouring rain. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't have taken the ride, but... Um, the person unrolled their window, automatically unrolled their passenger side window, um, which was the side I was on of the car. And it was a man, uh, he seemed to be about my age or a little older. So, you know, 20, 25 years old. And, uh, he started saying some really disgusting sexual things to me, um, you know, about my body and whatever, a bunch of really gross things. And so, you know, at that, that moment, panic set in because I am, you know, even though I'm in a residential area, I, you know, the streets were completely deserted because it was pouring rain. So it's a really weird feeling when, you know, you are surrounded by people, but really nobody's watching you, right? And there's nowhere to really get away from this guy. So I decided to continue running. And this man um, continued to drive alongside me, um, which was absolutely freaking me out. So really, I had no other option than to just try to keep running home to my parents' house. So I continued to run. Um, I was about two blocks from home. And this guy kept yelling out these disgusting things at the window at me. Um, And I noticed, you know, I was a couple blocks from walked from home, as I said, and I noticed that um, a guy I had gone to elementary school with and high school with, uh, his garage, his family's garage door was open. So I decided, okay, I'm going to run into this garage. And as I run in, his entire family was getting into their car to leave. And this guy's name was Will. And so I was crying and I asked his parents, I said, is Will home? And so I went to get him. And... Will, you know, he put a towel out on his uh, car seat for me. And it was kind of embarrassing because I was only like two blocks from home. He didn't ask me why he was crying. He didn't say one word to me as he drove me home. And we never talked about it again. Anyways, he gave me a ride home. I get home and tell my parents, they tell me to call the police, which I did. But, you know, I think I'd be the worst eyewitness ever because, you know, all I could tell the police was the car was green the man was white. I didn't look at his license plate. Um, I, I don't even know if I could have picked the guy out of a lineup. So really that went nowhere. But my dad made me get in his car with him. And at the time he had one of those clubs uh, that you would use to you know prevent your car being stolen. So he, he the clubs were, the club was in kind of two pieces. He took the one end out and he put it beside him in the car. I don't know what he was going to do with it, but he um, made me drive around with him in the area for a good hour looking for this guy. I don't know what my, my dad would have done, but anyhow, we never found him. And uh, I stopped running outdoors uh, alone after that. And I have not gone on a run by myself um, outdoors for over 20 years now. Anyways, that is my story. Thanks. Uh, keep it up with the podcast. I love it. Take care. Is it wrong that I'm kind of disappointed they didn't find him with the club? Me too. I would really like to know what her dad would have done because I have a feeling yeah. it would have been very satisfying. Um, 
do you know what he's what she's talking about with the club do you ever oh, yeah. see those things my yeah. grandfather used to put one on his minivan my granddad had one too and he's my, like my mom and aunts were always like dad no one's trying to steal your van <laughs> <laughs> uh it would make a very good weapon though those things have some weight to them hell yeah yeah and, and uh, an upset dad who just had his daughter like harassed could I, do some serious damage with a club on the I'd head i'd pay cover to see that <laughs> I'm not a cover yeah, pain kind of gal. <laughs> I guess I should rephrase kind of our format here as we went from creeps at the bar, random encounters to stories of vigilanteism. I guess, hey. And, and I'm here for it. Me too. There's <laughs> there's no more satisfying ending than the vigilante. Uh yeah, there there oh. isn't. And it, with these creep stories it's so often there's there's no justice because they just go they go so yeah. close to the line even this guy with the cat calling uh it, driving alongside her probably saying the most vile awful stuff traumatizing her to the point that she doesn't even want to run again Never. probably for the rest of her life and nothing would have happened to him the rcmp nope. at most would have called him up or said you know what happened been like, Don't as do far it again. as it would have went yeah please i have a feeling dad would have solved that problem yes and see, that's why, yeah, cops usually nothing happens with with the justice system. But an yeah. angry parent, that'll, uh, that'll fix someone up pretty quick. But I should also say, you know, dad finds him. It's probably dad who's going to end up getting locked up. Well, exactly. And that's Which, the most effed up part. Yeah. It's like, let or, or, let's say at the uh, grocery store, the old hag slaps the six-year-old in the butt uh, the mother jumps on the old hag. If the police respond to that, I don't think the old hag would have gotten any trouble. Well, maybe she could be charged with assault, but it wouldn't have been like a but still it, not appropriate. For she what, probably would have charged mom with yeah, something exactly. and one. So, but like the God, God bless got, Will and his family. Yeah, yeah, that was right. that was that nice. Was, and, yeah. and to not even ask her what's going on, that's the like. I think if someone shows up, if a, if a female friend showed up at my house crying. I actually made my reaction would probably be like, what's going on? Well, exactly. But, but not to pry, but help her, I think is like, yeah. It's a, a well, good I think guy. just, just your first instinct is to be like, what happened? What's, what happened? What's going on? Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's so yeah. nice that she just like found refuge in his garage mm -hmm. and thankfully his yeah. family was there and, yeah, and unlike the prior stories, he didn't show up where she worked later. Like, I know we're just friends, but you want to take it further? Like, yeah, it looks oh, really good in your no tracksuit. No doubt. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what a world uh, we live in. Madeline, I'm not leaving my house again. I'm not leaving my house for a few reasons. A, there's way too many creeps out there. And B, over in Regina, Saskatchewan, it's it's uh, freezing hell outside. So yeah. even better reason uh, to stay in. I ask um, for Angela to audit me. I'm going to try harder to say Saskatchewan so she can to say Saskatchewan so she can enjoy the podcast. 100%, not 97. Because when you talk about Canadian crime, weird stories, offbeat stuff, Saskatchewan comes up a lot. Oh, too much. Mm -hmm. We're uh, uh, it's a funny little place over here. Not funny, haha. Yeah. Um, well, let's wrap this up. Anyone listening who has an encounter with a creep, again, on a scale of zero to 10, we're looking for five to seven, that kind of range. Uh, go to nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. Send us a voice memo. If you're, I think it allows you to do three minutes at a time. If your story's longer than that, just make a couple different voicemails and I will stitch them together and make you sound your best. Uh, Madeline, before we wrap it up, Anything you want to tell us? Uh, any surprises about motherhood? Are you worried about raising a kid in a world full of such creepy weirdos? Oh, yes. These are these are things that keep me up at night. Um, as for motherhood, I vastly underestimated. Um, like, I, so I knew that I they'd be up in the middle of the night. But it's like when I get to hour like five, six, and seven of being up consecutively, I'm like, what is going on? Because yeah. I yeah, I vastly underestimated how sometimes hard this would be. And Before the I was sleep like deprivation. I was like, I like, you know, I know what parenting is all about. I know that they're up and I know I'm gonna be tired. But no, I really wasn't prepared for 
for some of the nights we've had. <laughs> but we've had more good than bad. So eventually she will say, I love you, mama. And then you'll be like, it was all worth it. Totally. I have to. And I always remind myself of that. Like these days are short lived. Her and I will be arguing before I know it. I have to take in these newborn days, nights. And like, she's sleeping so soundly now. Oh, <laughs> there's nothing better than she's a sleeping baby. She's just there right baby. next to you, right? Yeah, she's, uh, there's like a bed right beside me and she's laying on it with a pink little blanket. Oh. I want to thank you for joining Madeleine Klein and I for this episode of Nighttime. Now I'm going to start wrapping things up, but before we part, I want to give some thanks. First, a sincere thank you to everyone who took their time to share their creep stories with us. These stories serve as a great reminder to keep our eyes open and our wits about us. And to all the other listeners who have a story to share, and I know there's a lot of you, I'm going to be doing a lot more episodes in this series, and I'd like to feature your story. You can share it with me at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. If you got something to say, go to the site now. The voice recorder is easy to use, and if you make any mistakes or misspeak, don't worry at all. I'll edit before it goes to the air and make sure you're sounding your best. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Now, I'd like to give a shout out and a thanks to Monty Data, who contributes the music, LJ from the Dystopian Simulation Podcast, who provides the intro and outro voiceovers, Madeleine Klein for taking a moment out of motherhood to join us, and then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening, as without your interest and your support, the Nighttime Podcast would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now, on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Patricia, Finn, and Denise, I appreciate you. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can help us out here in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs just a couple dollars a month, and that money funds the creation of the show. But the premium feed also gives you the episodes two days early, gives them to you ad-free, and gives you access to a full back catalog of nighttime podcast episodes. If that sounds like something you'd like, you can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And even if you can't go premium but still want to support the show, that's easy to do. You simply got to share this episode on social media and tell all your like-minded friends why they should listen. I appreciate your support in growing this. Now, if anyone else has any story ideas, wants to give feedback on the show, or would like to contribute a question or comment to be aired and responded to, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. I hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte.